Hey, welcome. Crystal Crawford show. I'm Crystal Crawford. I called this week's episode, are you fiddling with fun ideas or are you actually choosing them? And as of this 10 seconds, I just walked in the door. (laughs) I've been at the Apple store all morning here in Atlanta, Georgia. And, um, yeah, wow. So this has been a rockin' like 48 hours for me. 48, 64, 72 hours. This has been a life-changing set of days for me. And um, today's topic, hi Nydia, today's topic came out of um, a whole boatload of new awareness about ideas and choice and what it actually takes to institute things. Hi Katarina, hi Celine. You guys are popping on fast. Hi. Um, hi, Maxine. And um, so, so are you fiddling with fun ideas or are you actually choosing them? Okay. Hi, Celine. Hi, Annette. So I have been in Georgia um, with Stephanie for the last, I don't even, it feels like two years <laughs> in a great way, probably the last couple of weeks. And um, when we get together, even when we're long distance, what... When we're long distance, we create a lot. And when we get together in person, we create ridiculous amounts. And what I mean by that is like, we, I mean all the things, all the ways that you can create, whether that's energetically or, you know, actually actualizing ideas, it's all the things. So the last, honestly, since I've been here, the last two weeks have just been like a fire hose of ideas and things and questions. And hi, Alexandra. Hi, Madeline. Um, that, that, that can be, right? Okay, so... Thing one. Thing two, I started taking this class with Katie Rubin, a writing class with Katie Rubin. If anybody doesn't know Katie, go Google her. Go find her on Facebook. She's a comic and a writer and a, and a mystic and all the fun stuff, and she's doing a writing class. So I am actually taking a class on how to write stand-up comedy right now, which is great. So the reason I did the topic of this class the way that I did is because I had this epiphany the other day um, <laughs> I'm a choosing coach. I need to call myself that. Hi, also. Um, that so I'm I'm taking this class for writing, right? And I wake up the next. So I'm in the class. It's a Wednesday night. It's a three hour class. I'm there. We're in class, right? And I, and I see a lot of us do this, right? We choose classes and we go take things for things, and then we don't necessarily use the stuff. So. I'm like, well, you know, and so as a choosing coach, I'm like coaching people on, well, you got to choose, you got to institute stuff and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'm taking this class and the next morning I wake up and, you know, Katie's awesome. She can actualize stuff, right? She can write stuff and get stuff into the world. And I can too. I just haven't ever chosen that when it comes to writing or stand-up comedy or any of those things. So again, with the end of the class, go through the three hours, go to sleep that night, wake up the next morning, and I'm going about my day. And I'm realizing that I took a class and I didn't, I'm, I have not yet actually chosen to write the stuff. Not really. I chose the class. I paid for the class. I went to the class. I was in the class. I had the conversation about choosing the stuff. Woke up the next morning, realized I hadn't actually chosen the stuff. Now, how did I know? I had, hi, Katya. I had no actual intention of writing anything. I had no, I had no, there was no even, I hadn't put it in my calendar. It wasn't in my awareness. Like when it comes to actualizing things, you actually have to like 
put pen to paper or, you know, put fingers to keyboard or put hands on clay or something like when it comes to making stuff go, there's stuff required to do. And so I'm, I went through that day and I'm like, am I actually going to choose this? <laughs> Which seems a little crazy, right? Because hi, Christiane, I'm in the class, I'm doing the thing. And I had to sit with my I had to sit with myself for I don't know an hour, and I was like, "Huh, I really don't want to actually choose this, you know." And I could come up with all kinds of stories why and things and things. And I mean, listen, writing stand-up comedy is not for the faint of, not for the ballless. <laughs> You've got to put your ideas through this structure, put them out the other side, and then find out you don't actually really know what you're doing, really. And then your ideas that you think are funny are not necessarily funny when you put them through the structure. So it's like, you know, it makes you look at and it makes you practice stuff that right now you're probably not that good at. So, so that was kind of moment number one. As I was sort of mulling all of that and looking at it and all that stuff, hi Mia, um, I was also like during the day and throughout my days, like I've just been, you know, carrying on with Stephanie. Seriously, we have so many conversations. We're creating 22 businesses right now. I'm not even kidding. You just keep your eyes peeled for everything that's coming. And um, so I wake up another morning and I just, I got, I got tugged to a bookshelf. Now my body does this. Hi, Eva. My body will pull me into bookstores and pull me through the bookstore until it gets me to the book that I'm supposed to, hi, Dale, have supposed to be reading. So I got pulled to a book, bookshelf, looked on the bookshelf. I found this book called Love is a Verb. Love, no, Life. Life is a Verb. So it's a really beautiful book. Like it's kind of oversized and you open it up and it's all in color and it's got these 37 days of exercises and things. And so, I mean, I, you know, I have lots of books, but I open this up and I open it up to chapter like, I don't know, 20. Hi, Jeanette. And the whole chapter is about mud balls. Now, she tells the stories way better than I'm about to tell you. But essentially, mud balls are an ancient Japanese art that... And they are objects, they're mud, they're mud balls made of common dirt and then coated and covered with silt and polished until they become these really, really shiny, common, everyday objects. Now, the story was about how a teacher was teaching this, uh, this art has a, has a beautiful Japanese name, by the way, but in English it's mud balls. And, the, and this, this guy was teaching this class on how to make these. No, 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 this was a pottery class. I'm getting my two things confused. Whatever. There's a pottery teacher, and they're in the same chapter, and we talked about mud balls. Hi, Kim. And um, so this pottery teacher gave his, divided his class into two, and to half the class, he said, you're going to be graded on the quantity of pottery that you create. So basically, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how or what or whatever you do. You're going to be graded on the quantity and to the other half of the class, he said, you're going to be graded on the quality of the pottery you create. So you can only do one piece, and you're going to be graded on the quality. The people that ended up creating the best quality pottery were the people that were being graded on quantity. Why? And then the people that were being graded on quality actually got stuck in trying to figure out how to make the perfect piece. Quality people actually ended up getting the perfect piece. Hi, Anita. 
quantity people got didn't got stuck on all the perfection. And so I started, and, and so then it moved into like this, uh, this story about the mud balls. So the thing about mud balls is that when you are first learning how to do this ancient Japanese art, which uses common dirt that you can find in your backyard, and you start creating these mud balls, your first mud balls are really, really like malformed and, you know, rocky and not that great. But what happens in this is the process of making them becomes this really meditative being state. And so there's more to it than just the end product. There's the whole process of it. And not only that, but like in the, as you are going through this process, you end up really treasuring the first few that you make. But as you keep making them, they get better and better and better. And they end up being these really shiny objects that you can love and have around the house and whatever. So it's kind of a three-pronged thing, three-pronged thing that I'm talking about. Easy for me to say. Hi, Steph. Hi, Lori. Which is that one, I realized that some of the stuff that I'd been talking about for years, wanting to do, pottery, um, stand-up comedy, writing, was stuff that I never had any intention of actually choosing. They were stuff that was going to stay fun ideas. Thing number two Part of what it kept me from choosing them was the story that if I did them, I wanted it to be perfect, and I knew it wasn't going to be perfect, and so I wasn't going to do them. Thing three was I really, really, really hadn't given any love, any value, any whatever to the process of it all. Like I had dropped the awareness of what the process of creating the thing actually gives to you, which is awareness and awareness and awareness. <laughs> Glad you're here too, Lori. So, so, I, so I've been really, really, really playing with, and Stephanie's been a huge influence, I've been really playing with actually choosing the things that I've been saying I want to do. And actually choosing stand-up comedy right now looks, up, looks like getting up every day and writing at least one joke, putting it through the thing. That you, and this is what Katie says. She's like, you gotta, here's the three-step thing to writing a joke. You gotta put all your ideas through this three-step thing and it's gonna drive you crazy. And a lot of people quit at this stage because it feels hard. It's not as fun as when you're like in your head and everything you're thinking is making you laugh. That stuff that makes you laugh in your head is not necessarily the stuff that's going to make people laugh on stage. And so trust me when I tell you to put all of your ideas through the structure, because if you can get them through the structure and you can get them out on the other side, then you can play with them. So right now, writing comedy is sort of fun, but it's also kind of hard because I don't totally get it yet, right? I'm still like, and I say hard really loosely, like it's actually still really fun, but hard in the way that like, I'm not good at it yet. I don't naturally just like come up with an idea and, you know, hi Barb, and just like flood it, flood it through the process yet, right? Like it's still kind of labored. I'm still in the packing process of like learning how to form a circular mud ball. Okay, so what am, but what am I getting out of it? The first thing I'm getting out of it is I'm starting to listen to myself differently. So I also bought this book and I was, cause I was missing some information. So there's this whole really cool book on writing comedy and I bought it. One of the things that you do when you're writing comedy is you listen to yourself. She's like, listen to the things that make you laugh. What was it about that that made you laugh? What was, was that the premise? Was that the, the why? Was that the, which part of the thing was that thing? 
write it down. Carry something with you all the time. Write down that thing. Write down the idea. Write down what made you laugh. Write down the, the context. Um, and then come back to that when you're actually writing. Write down whether it's a joke or a sitcom or a thing, because comedy writers can actually write all kinds of things. So they can write stand-up. They can write, <laughs> I can't even think of all of them, uh, sitcoms and movies, and, 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 and there's a whole bunch of things. So write it down. What is it? So I read the thing. I'm, I'm, I wrote some really bad jokes that morning. I went downstairs. I had coffee. Stephanie and I had a little banter, and something funny came out. I was like, oh, my God, I never would have heard that if I hadn't like read that thing. So I went and wrote it down. I got a thing out of it. So, But it's in that beginning process right now. And I, one of the things I really got this week is how many times I just don't choose to move forward into the things that ping me. Sometimes I find myself saying, because I am also in one of those phases right now where I get, I go through, I don't know, it's every three months, every six months, where every single thing is undefined right now. I don't recognize, there's no reference points. I don't recognize the planet that I'm on at the moment. You know, I don't have anybody that can move forward for me and show me how to create my life, how to create my business now. And that's always true, but sometimes it becomes more true. And yesterday, I really woke up in and amongst all of this other fun creation stuff. I really woke up like, oh my God, I, this is too much. It's just too much. I just wanting to leave my life, wanting to leave this house, wanting to leave, wanting to leave really. And um, that energy, I've been aware of that energy with a lot of people lately. And I've had a lot of people say, yeah, that's been really up for me. And the thing is with everything that I want to create with everything that you want to create is there, there is nobody that's done it before. You can find things that look similar. You can find hints of it. You can, you know, I have this whole bag of essential oils and sometimes I'll just go in and open all the caps and one of them will be more relevant than another oil at the time. So you can have whiffs of what it is you're creating, but there is nobody to give you a manual for what it is you're creating in the world. And there's nobody that's going to be able to tell you or affirm to you that, yeah, 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 that's so you. I mean, you may have some really great friends in your court and people that have your back that are like, yeah, like that recognize the energy when it hits and it's like, oh my God, yeah, that. Um, and at the end of the day, you are the one. You, I'm the one that's actualizing this set of energies I'm aware of, this future that I'm aware of, this now that I'm aware of, right? And one of the things I find with me pretty consistently is that the things I avoid choosing the most are usually the things that are going to create the most space, create the most possibility, create the most happiness in my life. And I will avoid them like the plague. Like I won't choose those things. Why? They also, I don't have a good why, but they also have like the most possibility for judgment or, you know, whatever I've decided is going to occur when I choose those things. And and they light me up more than any other things. I have a series of things right now that just light me up like crazy. Most of them are standing in front of people, either being funny, speaking, preaching, singing, you know. Guess which are the things that I save for video? Now, I, I, get, I love video. I love connecting with you guys this way. And there's just something different about being in front of live people. So guess which are the things that I avoid the most? <laughs> getting in front of live people. So... I really, I know that's kind of a, like a, a thunderstorm of stuff, but I wanted to invite you to look at your world and look at your things. Sometimes when I find myself saying, 
I don't know what to choose. And that, I could easily say that right now. I don't know what to choose. I don't, I, nothing's popping. That's another thing I'll hear myself saying. Nothing's popping. When I truly look into my world, it's, I would say probably never that nothing's popping. What may be more true is that the things that are popping are the things that I haven't really wanted to do. Meaning, but not because I don't want to do them like, oh my God, they're heavy. Like, they scare the shit out of me, which is actually excitement. They, I'm scare-sided about all the things that I truly want to do. And I haven't ever really chosen them. You know, I haven't ever really chosen to do stand-up comedy or even to write it. I haven't actually chosen to go to a pottery class. I keep talking about it. I haven't actually chosen to paint. I haven't chosen to... Um, gosh, whatever else I'm choosing right now. I haven't chosen to fully, full on write a book, right? Like actually get it published and take it to that actualization. I haven't chosen those things. And I, I could come up with stories all day long about why, but I just haven't. And so there's a lot of my life where I've kind of stayed in these one or two or three really comfortable grooves, right? Like even for me, like facilitating online is another comfortable group. It's awesome. I love it. And it's comfortable now. I know how to do it. I know how to do videos. I know how to do classes. I know how to do all that. So the stuff now, as I'm asking for more, is drawing me out of that into more. And then more shows up, and I'm like, ah! Right? Ah, don't make me choose it. And who's making me? Nobody. Me. You know, maybe. Sometimes. Not really. Nobody's making me. So I just want to invite you to look at your universe of like, what have you been asking for? What's tugging you that you can't explain, you can't logic, you can't justify to anybody else? What, what if you chose it would give you just more awareness? And so that's the thing about these things, like choosing to write stand-up, choosing to write a book, choosing to this and that. I'm going to get awareness. And the thing is, nothing's linear, y'all. Nothing. The universe doesn't work linear. You're not linear. I don't know what I'm going to get out of going to do a pottery class. I don't know what awareness I'm going to get as my hands are slipping and sliding off that clay and I crush pots. Mm, don't know. I know I'm going to crush pots. <laughs> if it even gets to the pot phase, right? What am I going to... I don't know yet. I don't know if I'm even going to the class for the pottery itself. I don't know what I'm writing stand-up for right now. I, maybe to perform it. Could be. Uh, we'll find out. I don't... We don't... None of that is logical. It's just yes. It's that yes, 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 yes. And that's the thing with your fun ideas is if you start saying yes and you start taking the steps to actualize them. You know, if you've said yes to being a bars facilitator, what are all the different steps that you could take to actualize being a bars facilitator? If nobody knows you exist, okay, what can you do to change that? How many people can you talk to? How many different ways can you do it? What questions can you ask? What, what can you ask for that could just show up for you? And in addition to asking, what things can you do? What, what every day, writing for a bit, writing three jokes for a bit every day, talking to six people, you know, just being interested in them. If you are choosing to be a certified facilitator, what, what things can you choose that would actualize that? Well, who can you talk to? What can you create? You know, so, and I know this is, this is not an, a new conversation per se, but it's this new level of awareness that for the things that I've, there's a lot of things in my world that I've kind of kept, I haven't really acknowledged that I've kept in the realm of fantasy, if I'm honest. 
where it's been, they've been fun examples or fun things to talk about, or they've make, they make me look really brave. But I haven't actually chosen them, chosen to, to do them, to, to at least head in that direction, right? Because it's only the heading in that direction that's actually going to give me any awareness. I'm never, you know, if stand-up always stays a conversation for me, I'll never actually know what I could have gotten or what I could get out of that. I won't have the awareness of actually choosing to put myself on the dating side and going out with the guy, right? I won't have that awareness. I'll just have a really, really fun, oh yeah, that'd be really great conversation. And, um, and that, all of that, that, this whole episode ties into the commitment to your life. And that was kind of prong number four of this whole conversation for me that I had an awareness of yesterday of like, God, I, I was simultaneously mad at myself, I'm going to be honest, and revelatory that, holy shit, number one, I've really left the creation of my life in other people's hands. Who's who? Which people? I don't even, I don't even know if I could fully tell you, but definitely not my hands. And that yesterday, especially, I was like, fuck, that has got to change, you know? And of course, well, I was had judgment with it, not a lot of allowance, but not perfect. I didn't have a lot of allowance for that. And mixed with that was this awareness of like, God, it's time to, to truly like commit to my life. What does that mean? All the things. It means all the things. It means the play of discovering what that even is. It means the play of discovering in things that... I don't know yet, right? The actually choosing the adventure of living. And I actually, probably two, two or three months ago when, before I went on the road, I did, I had two asks that I just acknowledged yesterday. What would it be like to really choose ask and receive? And what would it be like to really choose the adventure of living? Guess what's showing up? Both. So I haven't yet done a show yet on Ask and Receive because I'm still really beginning to play with it. But that adventure of living, what's an adventure? You don't know what's around the other corner. You don't know what's going to be there. You get to go on an adventure and discover all kinds of things. Discover where you get blisters. Discover where you're bad. Discover where you're great. Discover, discover, right? You get to discover. I cannot tell you how much of my life I have prevented myself from discovering in a lot of areas. Why? Oh, don't get me started. I could tell you all the stories. But now it doesn't matter. Hi, Joy. Hi, Kathy. It is just, what do I want to choose now? So I really just, I I think I'm going to shut up about it because like there's, I could just keep babbling, but like really wanted to invite you to look at your life. And hi, Susanna. And go, hey, where am I just not choosing to move forward on this? Like, if I'm talking about this thing, but I haven't actually made any steps toward it, what steps could I start to make just to start to see stuff? I want to say just to start to see what's possible, but you're going to generate what's possible. You're going to choose what's possible, but every choice you make opens up new possibilities, right? So when you make a step in that direction, no matter what that is, let's say you want to get out of your job, what steps could you actually take to move in that direction to, to get more awareness? Because that opens more doors, more possibilities. Every single choice you make does that. And without those choices, those possibilities can't show up. So you're invited to the adventure of living called your life. You're in it, and you're the creator of it. And you get to choose the level of your adventure. And I say level just because some of us like to... 
even yesterday I was like, maybe I'll go back to being a little more defined because that was a little more comfortable for me. You can still do that. That's not wrong because consciousness includes everything and judges nothing. So you get to like control everything. Is there anything that you would like to be a little more out of control? I'm telling you, if you want things a little more out of control, just head in a direction that you haven't yet chosen into and find stuff out. Okay. If you liked this, please share it so other people can find it. Thank you so much. This concludes one year, and I'm going to say conclude loosely, of of this show. So uh, starting next week, we start year two. And uh, I will tell you that when I first started the show, I didn't think I could come up with a talk topic every week. Turns out I can. I wonder what you're capable of. Share it. Love it. Like it. I love you. I'll see you next week.